This podcast may contain explicit language. Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League fantasy is the best form there is. I'm Tom Duncan. Co-host, Ethan Hamilton. Quick note on a few shows we are planning on coming up. Tonight we continue our State of the League series, reviewing everyone's team in our Dynasty League. And this evening, it's my team. So have fun. We will have a pre-draft ranking special in advance of the NFL draft starting on April 29th. That episode will cover our current Dynasty rankings before the draft as well as a list of the top 25 rookies for Dynasty before we know their new homes. We will have a night-by-night coverage during the draft. Make sure to follow our Twitter feeds for full live reactions at TJ3Duncan and at Hammy2112, as I will be doing a video draft diary on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And then we'll be doing our yearly post-draft mock draft to get you ready for the summer with a couple of special guests we have lined up for you. Finally, we are planning a special rules series this summer covering things like the Superflex multi-week playoff series, tight end premium, half PPR versus full PPR, and many more. If you have a specific request, please email us at dynastydownload10 at gmail.com, and we will consider your unique rule set that you want to give us. Uh, weigh the pros and cons for that summer series. You can also contact us there if you would like to be on our mailing list going forward. And uh, again, that is dynastydownload10 at gmail.com. So as I said before, we're continuing to do a few mini episodes on each member of our league's teams. And next up under the microscope is Tom Terrific. Let's look back at my 2020 draft review and starting off with the fifth pick overall, Cam Akers with the 15th pick. Justin Jefferson, with the 17th pick, Michael Pittman Jr., with the 25th pick, Brandon Ayuk, the 35th pick, Paris Campbell, the 45th pick, Anthony McFarland Jr., and the 7th pick, or excuse me, the 55th overall pick, but 7th round, Ian Thomas. So how would you equate this draft? Well, everyone knows how I felt about Cam Akers. I loved me some Cam Akers, and I wish I would have taken him at two. Uh, that being said, Brandon Ayuk was a really big uh, grab for you as well. You did very, very well in the draft, my friend. I think arguably, from as far as depth, amount of guys, and the guys that actually hit, I think I probably ended up having the best draft out of anyone last year. I don't. I very rarely say that or give myself any type of credit or accolades. It comes from rather uh, a long history of self-deprecation. But <laughs> those top five picks, when you you think of the potential that's there, and even the two Indianapolis wide receivers, if you get one of them to produce on a, a certain level, you know, hopefully Carson Wentz comes in and slings the ball around. They're two big-bodied wide receivers that I have high hopes on. Paris Campbell, obviously, he's had some really bad injury luck, but Michael Pittman Jr., I know you were also very high on, and you got two very good wide receivers, probably a wide receiver one already with Justin Jefferson, possibly a wide receiver two at worst, wide receiver three with Brandon Ayuk, and Cam Akers is uh, somebody who could crack the top 10 of running backs this year. That's a pretty good haul for your top five picks. Yeah, absolutely. I completely forgot about Michael Pittman Jr. as well. Yeah, I really liked him coming out. I think he's very, very big, and the Colts really, really liked him as well. I know I had Paris Campbell on my team, I think, last year or maybe the year before, but injuries, yeah, that's the main concern with him. And then Justin Jefferson, for sure, you got to be pretty damn happy, especially with an aging um, Adam Thielen as being the only one that's really competing for targets. Absolutely. And 
I'm really high on what Paris Campbell could be because I look at Terry McLaurin and those other Ohio State wideouts that come into the league, and this guy is equally as talented, just a matter that he has not really played either of his first two seasons in the NFL due to injuries. So if he ever gets healthy, I think he has potential. But obviously going down, I think in week two last year, after he had a really good week one, that was the bummer. I still look for Michael Pittman Jr. to end up being the wide receiver one for this team going forward, even though it's probably a run first offense. I don't think he's going to develop into A.J. Brown by any stretch, but could he be a very competent wide receiver too? Sure. And then you add him into the other three guys that I already mentioned. I mean, that's a pretty good haul. All right, so let's start off with the overall roster, and we'll start at quarterback. Currently on this team, I doubt that I'll end up keeping Teddy Bridgewater because he may not even be the starter on his own team, but he was the backup quarterback and final fantasy week starter for my team. Patrick Mahomes, though, is the headliner in this one. How would you rate the quarterback room for Tom Terrific? I think for sure you have a top three fantasy quarterback, and that's really all you need because you only start one person at position each week, and he's a start him and forget him type of a player. You really only have to worry about replacing him one time a year on his bye. So, yeah, you got to be really happy with Pat Mahomes. And I'll add this much. He's not currently in any major trouble. The worst that we have going on is his mom criticizing analysts for not referring to him by his full name, Patrick. So let's hope he stays out of trouble, knock on wood, uh, throw some salt over your shoulder, don't walk under ladders as much as you can, because right now he's the only competent quarterback on my team, but he is, as you said, an elite one. So that gives you warm feelings moving forward into just about any week, but you do need at least one week where you have a fill-in. Let's move over to wide receiver, and this is probably the deepest position on my team. I would also say it might be arguably the best if you take out that uh, quarterback and tight end, I have elite players at starting at both positions, but they're not very deep. Wide receiver is one where top to bottom, I don't know if I have any elite top 10 guys other than maybe Justin Jefferson, but you have a very deep class. So starting off, Michael Pittman Jr., Adam Thielen, Brandon Ayuk, then you have Justin Jefferson, Amari Cooper, Will Fuller V, Odell Beckham Jr., Paris Campbell, and Cortland Sutton. Out of those guys, Who are maybe your top four, and how does this receiver class stack up with other guys in the league? Before I even get into that, man, like the way OBJ has kind of just fallen from fantasy relevance is completely and just kind of just blows my mind. You traded Alvin Kamara for him, if I'm not mistaken, right? And at that time, at the time, that looked like a super fair, even, and great trade for both of you guys. And then the kind of just the bottom fell out for OBJ. I really hope that he gets healthy and he finds a home. And the league is so much better when he's at the top of his game. So for you as well, I I really hope holding on to him and being patient really does turn out well for you. Because you can't argue his talent. You can't argue the talent. Top four, though, I think you got to go for sure with Justin Jefferson. I think he's your best wide receiver only concern like we had the other night with Ben's team is you know regression in the second year what new things he might see that he didn't see before but the way he competed in year one I don't really think he's gonna have a major problem with that moving forward I think you still got to put Adam Thielen in there as your second wide receiver 
just the way the Vikings like to throw the ball around and spread the ball around. But like I said earlier, I do think that he's aging. But last game of the year, he had eight grabs for 100 yards and a touchdown. So he's still very, very much relevant. You have Brendan Ayuk, who I think is a very nice flex player for you. The really question is, I mean, you got to be, I guess what I'm saying, you got to be pretty excited seeing what the 49ers are looking like they're going to do in the draft. It's looking like they're going to get a new quarterback. So you got to think that that opens up more things for Brandon Ayuk. You got to think that they'll use him, especially in that Shanahan offense. They'll be able to spread him all over the, um, all over the field. So you got to be happy with that as well. And then lastly, I'm going to take a flyer here. I am going to go with Cortland Sutton. If they can figure out the quarterback situation in Denver, and if he can stay healthy, I really, really like the talent of Cortland Sutton. And you took him, I believe, a couple of years ago, right before I did as well. I really was in love with his talent. So I'm going to take a flyer on him, but I think you could throw Amari Cooper in there at number four as well. So just a quick rundown. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I think I saw after week three when he started to get more regular playing time for the Vikings, had something like a 26% target share and 41% of the air yards for the Vikings, which is just elite level numbers. For me, I think he this is a guy that in redraft leagues is going to be going as a wide receiver three, but could end up as a wide receiver one by the end of the year. So I think I start my team there. After that, the question marks really start with Adam Thielen and how involved he's going to be in a run first offense with the Vikings. Cause you know, they want to establish the run, but I would agree Brandon Ayuk. I would also agree with uh, probably Amari Cooper being cause uh, he was a number one wide receiver. Uh, I think number five overall when Dak got hurt last year in that offense, you'd expect that with those three wide receivers that they're all going to be incredibly productive. I think he probably falls maybe down to my flex position, but you could argue that he's in the top four. Uh, And realistically, I don't put Sutton or Odell Beckham Jr. in those top four spots, but only because I want to see how they respond after their injuries and how the, these offenses are going to evolve because we have questions at quarterback with Denver. We also don't know because the Cleveland offense was honestly better after he got hurt. So that that's kind of an open question for me, but there are guys that at least on your bench have high fantasy upside and you're waiting to get a good look at could end up turning out to be something. Will Fuller was really great last year. He's not coming off of an injury for once, but he ended the year on that suspension going to the dolphins as a speed receiver. I don't know, but I do know that the talents there, he was a first round pick and the numbers have always said that the Texans were a much better team when he was on the field. So There are a bunch of guys with some question marks, but at least at the top, you probably have some good, solid uh, material to work with in Ayuk, Jefferson, Cooper, and then we'll see after that. Thielen's probably number four as I, I look at it right now. So let's move over to running back. Jamal Williams was one of the playoff starters, but I doubt that he'll probably make the 15 man roster moving into next season. Rashad Penny's probably very close to the cut line being the backup for that Seattle situation. You know I love me some handcuffs. And uh, then we move into Carlos Hyde, who moves over to the Texans, or no, excuse me, Jacksonville. I doubt he'll also make the cut. Cam Akers, Chris Carson, Kareem Hunt, Alexander Madison, Le'Veon Bell, Jeff Wilson Jr., Kayshawn Vaughn, and that's the list. 
I think it's safe to say that this is by far your weakest position on your team. If I were you, I guess, what pick do you have again? Seven. I feel like you could get a decent running back at seven, too. But I'm not even going to get into Cam Akers because everyone knows how I feel about Cam Akers. Kareem Hunt, I guess, might be your biggest question mark. You were mentioning it yesterday, and it really made a lot of sense. Like, I never really realized it, and I looked back on it, and you're absolutely right. Nick Chubb was getting a lot more of the receiving work towards the end of the year. That's really cut into what Kareem Hunt was able to do. That's probably a huge question mark for you because especially Kareem Hunt, especially when you're dealing with all those injuries, he was one of those guys that was carrying your team to that number one seed that you had. Then you got Le'Veon Bell, and I know we talked about either he was going to be someone that could be like a running back too, or he was just going to fall off the face of the earth. And unfortunately, he kind of fell off the face of the earth. You got a lot of handcuffs as well. I don't know how many you're going to be bringing back with you, but yeah, I think it's safe to say running back is by far your toughest position you got. Cam Akers, I would say, is comfortably a running back two with running back one upside. And I think that Seattle situation, whether it be uh, Chris Carson, if I end up keeping Penny with him as a handcuff, because uh, I don't think that Chris Carson has played a full 16 game schedule, let alone the 17 that we're looking at coming up this next year for at least uh, the entirety of his career so far. So if you assume that and that the Seattle position, plus they want to run the ball more, is going to be a top position for running backs, regardless of who, which of those two guys is starting on any one given week, you probably will end up with uh, at worst two running back two situations going into the season. With the level of talent on the rest of the team, it's at least you know adequate that you can make plays with it. Kareem Hunt is an unusual situation. Part of the reason I was so high on him going into last season, I think I drafted him in all of my redraft leagues, was uh, as much as Nick Chubb was a really great running back, he was not involved in the passing game at all. Kareem Hunt was supposed to be the passing down guy. He was supposed to be an elite route runner. They were talking about using him in certain packages where they'd have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on the field, and Hunt would end up motioning into the slot or doing all sorts of creative stuff with Kevin Stefanski. And I think there's still a possibility of that, but that really was not the case as we got further into the season where Kareem Hunt had to take a significant amount of carries due to that six-week absence that Nick Chubb had, and he looked kind of worn down part of the way through the season. So he was not a great fantasy starter, save for one or two games where I think I just had weird Kareem Hunt luck. I'd start him for three weeks, and he wouldn't do jack shit, and then one week he'd absolutely pop off, and I'd have him on the bench. And that's sometimes how fantasy works. It's supposed to frustrate you. But I would guess that none of these handcuff guys, save for maybe the consideration of Penny, is going to be able to make the roster with how many wide receivers I currently have and have to maintain for asset value. So good news for Delvin Cook owner, uh, Ethan Hamilton, that Alexander Madison may be back on the market. What about Tony Pollard? You've had him for quite a long time as well. That's true. And I, I really do enjoy Tony Pollard, but it'll just depend on whether I can so, uh, sort of stack some of these positions because Tony Pollard for a while was doing better than Ezekiel Elliott in the second half of last year. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk more about this um, when we discuss my team. But yeah, you are right. But I think there are some other situations or a couple of other issues that came with that. But You know, moving forward, it'll be really interesting to see, especially the king of handcuffs that you are, who um, stays on your roster and who doesn't. I think the whole league is super interested in that. 
I think there are a couple of very tough decisions at the back end of this roster, but I'm pretty sure, save for one or two players, as to who my 15 are going to be, because most of them are pretty no-brainer as far as it goes. So the last position that we'll go to, George Kittle leads off as an elite tight end. After that, we had Hunter Henry, who ended up filling out most of the year, but goes to New England. And I think, oddly enough, that's all of my tight ends. I did have for a while uh, Robert Tanyan on the roster. I did end up cutting him at part or partway through the year for other roster spots. But any tight end class that starts with one of the elite top three guys in my mind, you probably rank the position as at least elite, provided he can stay healthy. Yeah, absolutely. I think that having someone like George Kittle filling that spot makes you very uh, feel very, very good. Hunter Henry, I mean, this dude, he was somebody that I originally drafted on my team, and because of injuries, is just somebody that I did not keep. When healthy, he's very, very good. I think he's, you know, an above average tight end in this league when healthy. I'm really interested to see what he'll do in New England because we know how well the tight ends have been in New England. But we also can't expect that it's going to be Gronk and Aaron Hernandez over there again as well because who's the other tight end they got? John Smith. John Smith, right? Yep. So he's somebody that is a little intriguing hunter henry but yeah absolutely you got to be feel real good if george kittle is your starting tight end all right i won't give a tier grade on this one but what do you think title contender on the rise declining rebuilding or basement dwelling i have a feeling i know your answer i i kind of want to hear what you give your team i kind of just said i wasn't going to give a tier i kind of want to hear what your tier would be in a team where you have two elite positions at two positions where it's hard to have elite players, again, all of this is predicated on health, but there is a tremendous amount of upside with that draft class. With If you, if you get top five production out of Cam Akers and you get top five production out of Kittle and Mahomes and you get top 10 production out of Jefferson, that's a pretty good lineup not to be title contending. I can't even classify it as on the rise because I was the number one seed going into last year's playoffs. So at this point, it's pretty well established, I would assume, title contender. It would. I don't think there's too many people that would look at this roster and say anything differently. I don't know. Maybe I might be one of those people. For me, it might just be because of the running back position and because of the questions that you have at the wide receiver position. Is Michael Pittman going to take that next step forward? Is Justin Jefferson going to continue to be a top elite talent in the NFL? Is George Kittle going to be completely healthy? You know, those are some questions for me that I have for your squad. For me, it's I guess it's like right in between rising and title contending because I feel like I wish there was a tier in between that because you're obviously rising. Everybody knows that. I wish you had a earlier draft pick. It, I think it'd make it a little bit easier to say title contending. But I just don't know if I'm there where if I was in Vegas and something and I put all my chips on the table and was like, yep, I'm going with Tom Terrific. So I'm going to go someplace in between title contending and on the rise, if that's okay. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. I Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I not like if I'm asking for your permission, just because I kind of changing the rules a little bit. Sure. 
I I think we could maybe come up with something else or title pretender. <laughs> I guess we can go with that. I don't think you're pretending, but yeah, you everyone, you get my gist. You get you get what I'm trying to say. You have a very very good team. You have a top four team. I really only think there's a handful of people that I would say are like legit title contending. And I don't even think I'm in that category anymore. To be fair, uh, our league champion who we're going to have on here pretty soon to review his team won the league last year with David Johnson, who may not be the starter on his own team and Deandre Swift. Yeah. He finished the year, what five and eight. I think, or it might be six and seven, something like that. Yeah. Five and eight. It was five and eight. Son of a bitch. God damn it. <laughs> that may be a suggestion for the new league rules. <sighs> Eliminate that first week of the playoffs. <laughs> oh, all right, man. What are you going to do? Thank you to all the listeners and Dynasty players out there. We appreciate you. We will be back again soon to continue our off-season coverage. But until then... Wear a mask, do some draft research, and we'll see you soon. This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by Thomas Duncan. This is a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our music is thanks to Purple Planet Music. Our technical provider and distributor is Anchor FM.